following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Thirty years of the best sports talk in Middle Tennessee, featuring Tennessee Radio Hall of Famer George Plaster, Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame coach Watson Brown, and Young Guns Billy Derrick and Michael Sendrick. And now here's your host, George Plaster. Hello again, everybody. Welcome in. It's a beautiful Wednesday in Nashville, Tennessee. We're right there. December tomorrow. Hard to believe. We got a good show for you. Very local, which is the way we try to do it as often as we can. Scott Ramsey, who runs not only the Nashville Sports Council, but the Music City Bowl as well, will join us around 4.20, give or take a minute or two. Mark McGee will join us today at 5 o'clock. We'll talk about the Predators and their overtime win last night against Anaheim. But the first thing we do is call roll, and we say hello first to Coach Watson Brown, who joins us from up on the plateau. Watson, how you doing? George, I'm great. I'm sitting on the front row waiting for you. Beautiful. Excellent. We are going to take advantage of your expertise later today in getting into the Trent Dilfer hiring at UAB. Okay. Looking forward to, uh, to where you take that. There's nobody better than, than Watson for that, right? He has sat in that seat. And in fact, he birthed that seat. (laughs) I'd say they've changed the seat since I was there. So (laughs) how did that Watson, how did that come about? Uh, you talking about uh, starting the program, hiring yeah. me? Or what are you talking yeah. about? Um, I was offensive coordinator at Oklahoma, and and uh, Coach Gene Bartow. I'm sitting in the hotel right before we get on the bus to go to whatever the bowl. I think it's called a Copper Bowl in those days. Uh, and the phone rings, and it's Gene, and asked me to come in. Uh, we played the game. I flew out the next morning. Uh, met with them for a day, went home, talked to Brenda, and the next day we're in Birmingham, Alabama. That's how crazy our business is. You, you just don't have much time to make decisions. And and we walked in with no offices, no anything. I mean, <laughs> I've done a lot of things, but that one took the cake. George, we have this, we've got a, a, a cleared out storage room that's an office one. That's all we got. There's a secretary sitting at a table. And, and there's phones around the floor, uh, plug-in phones all around the floor. This is back when that's all you did. It wasn't a bunch of – we didn't have all the sales stuff then. And I'd hire a coach. They'd sit on the floor and be calling recruits. I'd bring one in to interview them. I'd run them all out, interview the guy, bring them back in, put them back on the phone again. 
I can tell you AB stories forever. Oh, and, I, I know you can. And someday we will. But uh, that was the start of, of the UAB football. Okay, Billy, now you know a little bit about UAB. Yeah, a little bit. And uh, that that's hilarious. The the old I don't even know plug in phone. What do you what'd you call it, Watson? Huh? What'd you call it? That old phone that they use? I, I just call it a plug in. It's an old wall phone. That's what yeah, I call it. You, you sit phone. it down on the floor. You don't even know what it is. George <laughs> knows what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. But you don't even know what we're talking about. So be yeah, hard to explain it to you. <laughs> I want to hear more UAB stories after oh, that. Right. One. Well, we. We might get into a couple later. Uh, Let's do it. It, it might last a while. <laughs> so we have Terry McCormick waiting in the wings for his daily Titans update. Terry, how you doing? You guys. Good, good. So we've got A.J. Brown talking about the Titans, talking about Philly, talking about the fans. Honk if you've heard that before. Yeah, tell us what all he, he ended up saying. Well, I – actually have not seen AJ's comments because I was out at practice, but I'm sure he had a lot to say. The Titans, meanwhile, are taking the high road. They're saying that it's all about, you know, playing the Eagles. They'll be glad to see AJ. They'll be, you know, it'll be a glad reunion. They wish him well, just not Sunday. So that's kind of the stance they've been taking in all this. But as we know from, you know, seeing AJ on Twitter and Instagram and places like that, he, he doesn't hold back with his feelings a lot of times. No, and um, you know he'd love to have a monster game on Sunday. Here's one of the things that's maybe gone a little bit unnoticed. I think Ben Jones is the absolute anchor of that offensive line. Didn't play Sunday. What does it look like this week? Well, he was out there practicing today, so and I believe he was a full participant. So that's a good sign right there. Uh, he's a guy that you're exactly right. He's the anchor of that offensive line. You know, that's been a group that struggled, and when he's not in there, the struggles are greater than they normally would be. Uh, he's kind of the the guy that makes a lot of the checks, gets them into the right uh, blocking schemes and patterns and things like that. Uh, the last two games, they were able to do all right up in Green Bay uh, because, you know, they just took to the Packers. And, uh, you know, Green Bay, at a certain point, Aaron Rodgers looked a bit disinterested to me. But uh, against Cincinnati, you could see some of the problems they had with that offensive line. The Bengals were in the backfield numerous times before Derrick Henry could even take the football almost. And I think some of that probably was the fact that Ben Jones was out of the game. Terry, what else do you want to leave us with uh, that maybe you learned today out there? All right, there are only three guys that were listed as did not participate on the injury report today. There's about six or seven guys on the injury report, but uh, all of them uh, managed to get something done. A uh, couple of things here. Elijah Molden uh, having issues with that groin issue, injury again. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, I believe they gave him a day off to rest the ankle. Nico Autry, who we know still out with a knee injury. Was some good news, though. Not only was Ben Jones back, but Randy Bullock was back uh, practicing today. You think he kicks Sunday? I think it's possible. I think we'll have to see a little later on in the week uh, how he does, if he has any soreness with that calf injury. But I think uh, it's certainly worth keeping an eye on. Honestly, uh, if Randy Bullock can go and he's healthy, I think – 
you go with the veteran rather than this rookie Shudak who might be the future, but uh, he looked a little shaky to me on Sunday. What, what do you mean by the future? I think he's a guy that could be their kicker uh, a year or so from now. Really? Yeah. He, he really didn't look great in Sunday's game, but during the offseason, this kid was routinely making 55-yard field goals with plenty to spare. So is the rest of the league. God, it's amazing the range of some of these kickers. Terry, thank you as always. A lot, that's for sure. Yeah, gosh. Thank you. We'll do it again tomorrow. Sounds good. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Terry McCormick's Daily Titans update. And it has been brought to you by Sumner Funeral and Cremation. They are sharing their family with yours in your time of need. Now with two convenient locations in Gallatin and Hendersonville. Also online at SumnerFuneral.com. Don't forget about the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. They are proven to be trusted with your most personal asset. The Justin Tucker team, Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. Give them a call at 615-906-8458. All right, we get today's update started with a little plaster vision. Oh, this is big. We're going to see what kind of footage George got earlier today from uh, Lipscomb and Navy. Uh, Lipscomb defeated Navy in college hoops earlier today, 82-77. to Watson, I need you to grade this, uh, this plaster vision here. Notice that I got a tight shot or a little tighter. Zooming in, I yeah, like it. zooming in a little bit. Navy is the team in blue. Lipscomb is the team in white. You may be asking, why did they play at 11 in the morning? Well, because they had a bunch of kids from Lipscomb Academy over there to watch the game. And they, those kids made a lot of noise uh, when they uh, when they sang, uh, when they, they asked them to pick out a Christmas song and they went with Mariah Carey's <laughs> All I Want for Christmas is You. The kids went nuts. It was a great environment. It was a really good college basketball game. Watson, I don't know how many people paid attention. Lipscomb almost went to Notre Dame a few days ago and won up there. They were one possession from winning that game. No, I think they're pretty good, and they beat Belmont. So, I mean, it's uh, – look out for this team if they stay healthy. Uh, George, they're, they're capable, it looks to me like. This best team I think they've had in a while. Do you need to see the uh, plaster vision again to grade it? No, I, I graded it. I, what What did you uh, Would you give it? I, I'm being really fair and nice to you, and I, uh-huh. I give it a C plus. <laughs> <laughs> so C-plus. you think plaster vision should go away? No, it just needs work. It just a lot need, of work. We we need reps. We need okay. reps. I get that. Is it? that we're not close enough. I mean, give me some constructive criticism. Well, well we, need to, get, again, we, we need, need to get close or, or what? We need to get close before we start the play. You don't need to be zooming in as the play is going on. This was I mean, where I, I was sitting. Well, I don't care where you're sitting, George. Okay. You need All to right, get he, it right before you turn it on. He's saying zoom in and then zoom start in. the play. He's got a point. Don't, don't be right here working it in as you go. You make, it make me dizzy sitting there watching that. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I won't make the effort in the future. 
Well, no, we no, had, no. We, you need to make the effort. You just got to work on it a little bit. You can't you, expect something to be good just like well, that. Well, let's see you do it. Let's get a little Watson vision. I, I didn't <laughs> ask to do it. What am I going to do it with one hand? Am I going to sit there? I mean, might be better than plaster geez. vision still. I think plaster vision would be better than Watson vision, no matter how hard I try. Wow. You know, we should have had some of that from the bowling. So, so, oh, we, we could have gotten some good plaster yeah. vision from you the know, bowling. I learned a couple of things in the bowling. Um, Ron Bargatze, in a little bit of a like a bet for a Dr. Pepper, smoked Taylor Barnett. Really? Oh, yeah. And I've called Taylor and told him he ought to be ashamed. <laughs> Taylor must have been, uh, must have been slacking. Well, I, I think Coach B, I think he went up on the wrong person. Ron, don't, don't mess with Ronnie B no. on bets. I owe him from way back. And believe me, he lets me know that rather often. But Sadly, don't mess with him now. It. You've never paid it. Uh, 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 with interest, it's at $1.5 It may be up to that by now. It started out as 7 bucks, and it's probably up to about $1.5 Brenda will have to pay it off when I'm when I'm <laughs> no in the casket. He'll be he'll, he may be able to talk Brenda into paying it off when I'm dead and gone. So maybe he'll get it by then. What else you got, uh, Billy? We ready for more college hoops? Yes, uh, Vandy is uh, up in Richmond, Virginia tonight. They'll play at VCU. VCU is a slight favorite. Tough place to play. In that game. Yep, they, they've still got a really good program, even after Shaka Smart left. That's a 6 o'clock tip tonight. Tennessee plays host to McNeese at Thompson Bowling. So That'll be a thriller. Oh, yeah. Uh, George, we got college football news. You, you touched on it earlier. Trent Dilfer, uh, UAB has made it official, uh, wrapping up his fourth season as head coach at Lipscomb Academy. Dilfer will coach in Lipscomb State Championship game tomorrow before beginning his UAB coaching duties on Friday. So that that's good to hear that 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 he's gonna yeah. he's gonna finish it out. We'll, we'll get into this during the five o'clock hour with Watson, who has a unique perspective because, as I mentioned earlier, he birthed the program. Birthed. Birthed. How do you no, spell that, by the way? Birthed. B-I-R-T-H-E-D. E-D? Birthed. Birthed. birthed I'll, look, I'll look that up and see if that's a word. See if it is. <laughs> as we roll on, David Shaw, is uh, as he stepped away from Stanford, the Cardinal Brass, they're taking a look at replacement options. Stuart Mandel of The Athletics said that they're in talks with Ravens offensive coordinator Greg Roman. Good luck. About the job, so. Yeah. If you take that job right now, you better know what you're getting into. What's it, back-to-back three and nine seasons there? Yeah. I I think it's more, listen, David Shaw, Watson, to me, sounded the alarm that the college coaching world is not necessarily what it's all cracked up to be right now. No, I think there's there's, he's the first one I've seen to just kind of Said he it. didn't completely say it, but he got very close to saying it. And I just think there's going to be more. I Proud for the players. There's no doubt they deserve to get into this some way. But to just jump in it and have no clue what you're doing, George, like the NC2A did, I, it's amazing to me that it hadn't blown up more than it has so, so far. I still think it's going to blow up big time before it's all said and done. I'm with and, you. Uh, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. They can't go back now. They yeah. can't. These kids are making money, and you can't go back and take it away. Maybe they can put some some rules in to 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 get it reeled in a little. I don't. I don't know. It, it's 
it's sad to me. And that's one of the things I'll talk about about with uh, about Trent Dilfer. I mean, it's different time to go into college oh, football. Oh, it is. So just hold on to that. We'll do that around 520. Billy, what else? Real quick. Uh, next, George, the NFL has moved the December 11th game between Miami and the Chargers to Sunday night football. Uh, Kansas City and Denver was supposed to be that game. Kansas City's already had, I think, five primetime games this year, and I'd say that was a pretty good move on on their part. Denver will now end up on Mislu Stadium. <laughs> Maybe. We'll find a channel for the Broncos. And finally. Last piece here. George wanted to squeeze this one in here. Don Mattingly. He's staying in coaching. He will join Toronto as their bench coach uh, to manager John Schneider. Of course, former Yankees slugger, six-time All-Star. Uh, George, I didn't know this. He was the manager of the year uh, a couple years ago in the National League. So he's also a good guy. He was on the uh, he was on the first sounds team I ever broadcast. So I got to know Don a little bit. Class act. Um, I hope someday he's the manager of the Yankees. That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be. That do it. That's it. Okay. After the break. Scott Ramsey's going to join us in about four days. He will know for sure who's playing in his Music City Bowl. We'll talk to him about all the possibilities. Stick around. This will be a good interview. This is Main Street Media Television. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East. And for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. 
I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Berner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email eric at rockcastlewealth.com. You know, I was thinking about this earlier today. Scott Ramsey has been a guest on shows that I have been a part of for more than 25 years. And so for a moment, we're going to go down memory lane after we intro him. Scott, how you doing? Uh-oh. Scott, I'm, I'm going to have to ask you to uh, unmute your mic. I think you may have it muted. Okay, let's see how this works. This is the uh, the rare occurrence of it most likely not being our fault. Is that better? <laughs> there yes, we go. All right, okay. beautiful. Okay, you ready for this? Yeah, I I think George, I was saying that I think that was a backhanded thing to say. I'm old. No, no, absolutely oh, okay. not. Good. You're not old. I'm not old. Watson's no, Scott, old. Scott, if he wants to call you old, he'll just flat call it right to your face. So <laughs> don't don't worry about that. <laughs> okay, Bring so it on. Scott, watch this. Ooh. Any of those uh, get your attention? I know them all. <laughs> I 25 love years. It's hard to believe. There have been uh, some great logos. I, uh. You know, I, I look back at some of those, you know, I, uh, 2000, 2001, for example, um, it sticks out because 9-11 and, uh, um, you know, I, and then I, 2007 sticks out because it was the Bobby Bowden year. But more importantly, maybe the greatest uh, public relations uh, lesson I ever saw was, if you recall, they had 30 football players as part of their academic scandal. Um that were dismissed from the football team on Christmas Eve. They showed up on the 26th without a president, without an AD, and Bobby handled all the PR. We had 2020 and 60 minutes, and all these people suddenly show up for media credentials that weren't even staying for the game. And uh, Bobby just, well, you know, they did something wrong. They're not going to play. We're going to start some other guys. Any other question? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And so that one sticks out as well. So, it's been uh, it's been pretty rewarding, uh, George, to see oh, yeah. a what what the bowl has done for that week, from a tourism standpoint and the visibility, and and now on the verge of hopefully a new stadium and and where we can go with postseason college football. It's been uh, pretty incredible. So I tried to honor you today. I saw that. I, I figured you did. So 
I looked through yesterday. Well, first of all, beautiful. There that is right there. So, Scott, for, for somebody that might be new to the area, is the is the Music City Bowl right now totally SEC versus Big Ten? It is. This is our third year of a, a six-year agreement with the, uh, with the SEC and the Big Ten. Um, to rewind a little bit, George, when the CFP came in, in line in 2014, you remember they did a 12-year deal. Um, and then the conference is aligned with all of the non-New Year Six games, which is part of this, the college football playoff model, in two six-year increments. Our first six years, we shared the ACC and the Big Ten as opposed to the SEC with, with the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville. Um, and then two years ago, the ACC went permanently with, with the Gator Bowl, and we went permanently with the Big Ten. So uh, we're in the third year of a six-year agreement. Is the is the Titans Dallas Cowboys game the Thursday night December the help me 29th. 29th. Was that a curveball that you all have to kind of work around? Yes. Um, you know, I think there's two ways of looking at it. If I'm a fan and I'm coming to Nashville and I see a Predators game, a Titans Cowboys game. Uh, a bowl game on uh, one of only four games on New Year's Eve on Saturday with the two semifinals and then the Saturday night New Year's Eve extravaganza in the city. I'm not sure we could have scheduled that any as a more fun trip to attract people to come to our city. Now, if you're sitting in our office and Jay Grider and I across the hall, uh, we're, we're having some sleepless nights figuring out how we're going to make and, and turn operationally the stadium from midnight on Thursday night to opening the doors at 9 a.m. on Saturday. So not just the field conditions, but the, the signage, cleaning it, um, you know, exchanging the television trucks in and out, as you know, from behind the scenes on the media components um, and getting all that ready for our game. So it certainly will be a stressful 36 hours. But um, from a marketing standpoint, um, on the other hand, on the positive side, I can't imagine a better week of what we've used the arena and the stadium for um, to bring people to the city in a time of year where tourism is was at its lowest 25 years ago to now really having an incredible week. Yeah, the it, it all it all the gaps filled in like like clockwork. It's amazing for somebody like you and me who can go back to what what this landscape was like in the late 90s. Help me with this is is the SEC, as, as you try to figure out who you're getting, is it down to about four, and I'm thinking Kentucky, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, really anybody else in it? Not this year. Um, you, you know, I, I think there's a the, the sequential thinking that we go through the way it works now, and again, over the 25 years, it's it's been different over the years, but as it currently sets with the SEC, um, the New Year's Six has to play out. And there's two components there. There's the rankings, and there's obviously the top four um, or the semifinals. But more importantly for us, in this particular year, when the Peach and the Fiesta host the semis, you have the orange, and I'm looking at my board here, the orange, the sugar, and the rose have contractual obligations uh, to fill the ACC, SEC, Big 12, Big 10, Pac-12, and either SEC or Big Ten in a contractual obligation. So there's not a whole lot of wiggle room um, for 
the rankings to come into play with the exception of the one at large slot in, in the Cotton Bowl against a group of five. Uh, so in this particular year, we, we try to track that because that dictates who's going to be in the pool of six bowls, Tampa, Nashville, Jacksonville, Houston, Las Vegas, Memphis. And so you're trying to figure out the inventory in there. And this year is a really odd year, as you know. I mean, to think about in the beginning of most years, you wouldn't have a Texas A&M or an Auburn even bowl eligible and to have maybe a Ford at six and six um, is just really kind of um, kind of a little, little different. So, yeah, I think the four you listed, I, I'd probably narrow it down a little bit. I feel like South Carolina is going to fit into um, – you know, another bowl probably in Florida this year, just given geographics and where teams have been in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think one of the Mississippis, we had Mississippi State a couple of years ago. So I'd probably put Ole Miss, even though they lost the game, maybe a little ahead of them in our mix this year with Kentucky um, on the SEC side. You've had unbelievable success with Kentucky in the past. Um, that feels like more of a come the night before do some partying downtown it, it, am i right if it's kentucky is it more a day and a half in most cases you know with the game on saturday I, i'll be interested to see that i i, I would I, I would counter that line of thinking a little bit in parallel with tennessee when we've had them you know, I, I think the perception we've had Kentucky a lot is true. I, I say perception. Facts are we have had them a lot. However, we've only had them once in the last 13 years. Right. You know, we had a big run there early when we were selecting in a position where there wasn't a whole lot of leeway. So I, I think one of the things that with Kentucky and Tennessee that we've looked at from an economic standpoint and fan travel is you, you have a bigger universe of fans that are coming there's a mixture of people who are coming for three and four nights um, like you would in Arkansas or somebody that traveled farther away. Then you have maybe the guys like you're talking about from Hopkinsville or Bowling Green that come over for one night and they're doing a Friday, Saturday thing. And then we have some locals that come. So when you look at the stadium and you've got 35 or 40,000 people wearing blue, I think those are, you can divide those up a little bit in, Long stays, short stays, no stays. And we've seen that kind of average out over the years versus the teams that are farther away and travel will have a lower attendance in the stadium, but those are more um, condensed into the people that are staying a longer period of time. So, you know, I, I'm juggling balls there. Um, we're, we're trying to serve a lot of masters. We're trying to fill the stadium. We're trying to fill the hotels. We're trying to create energy on the stadium day and in downtown, at the same time try to create you know, some good rating points for our sponsor in our city. Uh, some years they work perfectly like last year. And some oh my years God. you just got to kind of make it the, the best you can based on wins and losses. Watson, what, what he's referring to obviously is the Tennessee Purdue game after it was over. It was about 45 minutes later. I get in my car and, and I'm driving home. Well, as you circle the stadium, you go by that bridge. And I mean, they are piling into downtown both Purdue and Tennessee, it, it it was the perfect storm. And Watson, I'll leave it with you on that. It was really cool to see. Well, and I, I think it was also, Scott, a really good matchup. You've got two teams, one fairly close and one cl 
one close, but they were both dynamic offensive teams. And I think that's part of a bowl. Do you get any say-so at all when it gets down to two or four? Do you get to pick or they tell you who you get? Do you get to talk about the matchup and and trying to match two uh, great offenses? I can remember one year in the, the, the bowling mobile and we're at UAB and we won seven and they didn't take us because they wanted, I think it was Marshall and East Carolina. It was two of the top offenses in the country. And they said, we want these two offenses to play each other. And we had beaten East Carolina, and yet they took them over us. Does that happen? Do you talk through that kind of stuff? And do you have any say-so in it? Yeah, we, 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 do, we do talk through it, Watson. I, I, I think that's a good point you bring up. I, I think – um, and I, I, I can only speak for myself, but I also can can allude that my counterparts feel this as well, that we, we really try to do a good job of, of balancing out the coach's perspective that you're talking about of, hey, we beat them. We feel like we should go here versus from the, the bowl in the city perspective of saying, hey, I'm trying to put together the best game I can to meet all of my goals of what I'm trying to do with the game. And usually that's around tourism impact for our city or visibility for a sponsor on broadcast, or to your point of trying to figure out a game that can compete against the other people that we're up against. So we always try to balance that out. Um, I, we do have conversations. Um, you know, you used to have a hard pick and, and that got really stale. And I, I like the flexibility of the pool. Does it work out for everybody perfectly every year? No. But, boy, when we had the hard and fast pick, you know, teams, at least during that period of time, didn't cycle through seven, eight, nine wins very quickly. So you always were looking at the same teams, and we saw a lot of repeats. We had Minnesota three out of four years. We had Kentucky three out of four years. So we, we couldn't kind of get any, any flexibility for fans, for players, for coaches, or for the cities. And so I think we've, we've done the best we could do with trying to kind of balance the various goals. We try to stay within a win uh, of the selection um, and, and try to kind of make um, new experiences for the kids within a three-year window the best we can. Um, sometimes it doesn't work just because you can't control who's in the pool. So it, I, I think the system is better now um, than it was when it was a hard kind of draft order kind of pick. Um, but I'm also speaking from a city that's got a lot of flexibility geographically and, and attraction to people being able to get here without having to fly from Michigan to Phoenix or Pasadena or Texas or Miami every year and take a big group of people that way. So I realize kind of where I'm speaking from, but it's certainly been helpful to us. Yeah. And do, are you in kind of a poo with another two or three bowls that you all are looking at this kind of the same group of seven and four guys or, or eight and four guys or whatever. And, and do you talk all together at once and work this out or is it go, go through that process? Cause I've always yeah. wondered how that and give us a tape of the conversation. Yeah. I'd like to have be a fly on the wall in some of those. I've been on the oh, other yeah. side of that when I wasn't real pleased. So. I, I know the FCC rules, George, have gotten a little more lenient in today's world, but, but not that I'm not sure some of those conversations can still air. 
I, all right, I'll try to walk you through a little bit, Watts. I'm just going to take the SEC because it's probably the most loose. Um, New Year's Six, champion goes to the Sugar Bowl. If the champion's in the semifinals, the Sugar Bowl gets a, gets a, a pick. That's set up as the next highest-ranked SEC team. And then you move through the other ones. Sometimes there's at-large slots based on the ranking of the college football playoff. Sometimes it's contractual, like the Orange Bowl. After that's done on Sunday, this coming Sunday, we then move to the the bowls that aren't in the New Year's Six. So typically what I'm trying to think of, most of us, is how many teams are going to get in the New Year's Six? The top four is no different than playing in the Cotton Bowl for us. It's taking teams off the board. So this year, let, let's let's just play it out that Georgia beats LSU. Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee are probably off the board. The Citrus Bowl gets an old-fashioned pick, and, and they've had that with the Big Ten and SEC, the first pick, as you guys know, 30, yeah. 40 years, whatever. Yeah. They, they pick. So let, let's say this year they're going to have to think about LSU as a championship game loser or possibly an eight and four South Carolina is going to be your best two teams on the board or hottest two teams geographically. Pick whoever you want to pick. You guys pick one. Let's say LSU. So if LSU then is off the board or South Carolina, it doesn't matter. One of those teams are going to fall into the, the pool of six bowls. That's Tampa, Outback Bowl, which is now ReliQuest, their new sponsor. It's Nashville. It's Jacksonville. It's Houston. It's Vegas. It's Memphis. So you got five NFL stadiums across their footprint along with Memphis. We all pay the same amount of money. We all have the same rights. And what we do, we, we're going to do tomorrow is we're going to kind of talk to the, the league office about, hey, here's our preference of the teams that we think are going to be in the pool. And let's say that's South Carolina, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Kentucky, uh, Arkansas, Florida, Missouri. And we're going to kind of rank those in a preference. Then also we're going to kind of let the conference know, here's who we think are going to be the possible opponents. And the ADs then kind of weigh in confidentially as well to the conference. We talk. I've talked to almost every one of those ADs that we I just mentioned this week. And the, ultimately, then the conference makes an assignment. That sounds like they've got the heavy hand, but very seldom is it heavy handed. It's usually pure, pretty mutual. And we have two rules of thumbs. We try to avoid a repeat team coming to a city two times within three years. Yeah. And we really try to kind of balance out um, the matchups being somewhat avoiding a regular season rematch. So Auburn played Syracuse this year. They're not bowl eligible, but that would be an example of one you try to dodge. Um, or somebody's kicking off the game next year. Um, or when we had the ACC, we had a lot of we had a lot of dodges. The year we had Louisville, we couldn't go to Kentucky. Or the year we had Georgia Tech, we couldn't go to Georgia, Florida, Florida State. So that's how we kind of move through the process. And then Sunday, after the final rankings come out about 1.30, then all the conferences have a different process, and they work independently of everybody. So I could be getting a call from the Big Ten and the SEC at the same time at 2 o'clock saying you're on the clock or who do you want or here's who you're getting, depending on how the process works, and we're hoping that it all matches up with where we think it's going to match up. Same thing in Tampa, same thing in Jacksonville, same thing in Charlotte, same thing in Las Vegas. And we all talk. I mean, all the bowl directors are, are, are good friends. We, we all really have our same mission. We compete. Um, but we, we also realize that, hey, 
we're not sharing proprietary information. I, I know who certain bulls are kind of favoring that year and for why. And if they're trying to fit in with us, we got to figure out where does the team really want to go? So it, it's a, I don't, I don't ever hope to ever be in politics, but I feel like I'm in politics. This <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> I, I, it's and you really don't know till the last minute, do you? You you really don't know. You you no, got a feel I, I, and you got what you want, but you really don't know till it all falls. I, I tell you, this is twenty five years. There there's a handful of years that I go to sleep tonight thinking I'm going to have Team X, and I have Team X. Yeah. I, I go to sleep Saturday night some years saying I have Team X, and I've got Team Y on Sunday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, it, it really. One one domino, one upset, or one decision or unexpected change happens on Sunday morning, and you're scrambling to get press releases, ticket information, operations, all that stuff that everybody's expecting to be instantaneous information ready to go on Sunday at 2.30 or 3 o'clock. And if you don't have it at noon and, and it's a curveball, it, it's a scramble. Um and so it's been all over the board, Watson, on that. I mean, yeah. you, you try to kind of manage some either ors the best you can to be prepared. Normally we have an either or, but some years, man, it's it's a nervous day. Yeah, man. Well, you all have done fantastic with <laughs> it, Scott, through all these years, man. So, I've watched this bro this bowl grow and grow and grow. And congratulations to you. And it means a lot to the city. I'm well, telling. it's because of the city, Watson. I, I think, I think everybody in, in George certainly should should take a lot of credit for. I just think our city growing as a sports destination in the last twenty five years is is really unparalleled. I can't think of another city that started with zero. Really, if you think about building the arena and the stadium, now we got Major League Soccer and we've got a new stadium coming on board. And we've had some events and games and. And, and things here that uh, I think we've ascended as well as any any city in the country. And if we get the new stadium, we're going to be able to host some of the largest sporting events in the world in the Super Bowl and the championship game and men's Final Four and, you know, some things that uh, you would have never dreamed of on your show, George, in 2000 when we we're calling in. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, um, it's been pretty astronomical and, and pretty proud to be able to represent the city, really. And it's funny. And. In, in, we used to beg people to come to the game, to the bowl. Now people are wanting to make sure they don't go somewhere else. And, and that's, that's kind of, kind of makes you feel pretty good. Yeah, that's you pretty know? good. Absolutely. Here, here's the one thing is we in this, you may not know the teams. They may not know yet they're coming to you, but when they do, they're going to get treated well and they're going to have fun. And that's a credit to you and a really hardworking staff. Uh, that that handles all this. Get ready. You're going to get another text from me. I'm sure well, by about Monday or Tuesday of next week, saying, "Okay, well, need you back on." <laughs> well, George, I'll, I'll close close you with on that to to that point, um, and to Watson's point, which he knows from football ops and staffs how they all talk. Um, yeah, I I think in most scenarios that this week we're kind of looking at probably Illinois or Iowa or maybe a Minnesota. And in talking to them to kind of plan on the what if, they've all already received the uh, the book from Purdue last year 
and how great experience they had on they practiced here and they went here and here's where you set up your rooms at Opryland and this event was really good and make sure you do this and here was the travel. So that that really um, to your point, I, I think it's credit to to Jay on my staff and all of our volunteers and and uh, uh, our stadium, Gaylord Opryland Hotel that hosts the teams and everybody that that makes our city look good because it's not five or six people, as you know, it's, it's everybody. It's and um, we're looking forward to it this year. Thanks for coming on. This was good. You're stuff. Scott Ramsey. He's the executive director of the Nashville sports council. Also same title, same stuff with the music city bowl to say that December is a busy month for him is a huge understatement <laughs> after the break. I took a look at a list of people that do this for a living. Bowl experts trying to pinpoint the Music City Bowl. We'll show you what they think next on Main Street Media Television. For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonnellyTimmons.com. At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete service heat and air can clean your coils. Check out your motor and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete service heat and air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williams counties. Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Duret Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large-scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com.
Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost. Providing a church of welcome used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. Okay, so the guessing game on all these bowls begins. I thought it would be fun to put the list together of some of the experts and see where they're going with the Music City Bowl. Um, on the right, you'll see um, who thinks what. For instance, at the very top, Sports Illustrated has Iowa versus South Carolina. I think one of the reasons South Carolina won't end up here is because they played Vandy in Nashville, what was it, four or five weeks ago now? Yep. Uh, Athlon Sports was the one group that put Ole Miss in there. Watson, he sounded like Ole Miss got a real shot here. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Ole Miss or Mississippi State, one of the two. And I know Mississippi State's been, what, in, once in the last three years? Am I right about that? Yeah. They played. And, uh, I think it'll be one of them. And, and I really hope it's Illinois. I think Illinois is a good football team and would make a really good game for either one of those two schools. And Iowa to me is not as good a draw for them, but I really hope it's Illinois against one of the two Mississippi schools. You know, an underrated thing about last year's game, Purdue had a lot of people down they there. They had a, way more than I thought they would. Tennessee Boy, had the way of drowning out. Uh, yeah. you know, other fan bases, of course, and it was in Nashville, but Purdue had a pretty good Purdue amount. Purdue had a very good crowd. Uh, that was a tight sellout. I've got some pictures on my phone of that game, and it was, listen, it was the perfect deal for that bowl. Y you could never do better. So Florida is another team. Uh, Mark Schlabaugh from ESPN has Florida uh, playing Illinois. That would be interesting. Nobody wants Florida. And I don't mean that. You're talking from a Bulls perspective? Yeah. First of all, the Florida people aren't happy with where they are right now. They're not going to travel in big numbers here um, if if that were to and happen. And they're another team that was just here. Yeah. Played here two weeks ago and got their hat handed to them and then had to watch Tennessee drub Vandy. Yeah, they're not going to want to come back to Nashville. Their fan base knows full well that they walked in here and fell asleep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm having a hard time. Mizzou. Yeah, uh, help Mizzou, me. Mizzou is another one down there. Uh, Wisconsin and Kentucky. CBS Sports has Wisconsin and Kentucky and Purdue. They're not going to go back-to-back -back for Purdue. I don't know why. There's a guy from ESPN predicting Purdue. But you got all kinds of possibilities. Seen a lot of Kentucky, though. Yeah. Um, so and that, that's, a, that's an obvious. The, the Music City Bowl had Kentucky three times in a four-year period. Uh, I can remember doing Watson a game where Andre Woodson absolutely tore Clemson to pieces. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, and well, so I, they've, they've backed away from Kentucky for a while. Yeah, and and Illinois Kentucky would be a very good game. Both play the same style, physical, uh, very yeah, very very similar in their style of play, and and uh, I think uh, Illinois now will bring a bunch of folks because yeah. they haven't been in a while and. They're excited, I, I, and they should I be. If he's trying to get a Big Ten, he's he'd love to get Illinois. I, I say that Mississippi's are Kentucky. I think it'll, and I hope it's Illinois. The Music City people were spoiled last year. Oh with, my God! With that matchup, yeah, I don't I know mean, if you're going to get an offensive output like that. For no, not not, it, not those two schools. <laughs> well, you had a drama about that game. It was about a four-hour game. Oh my neither gosh! One of it was them, a marathon. Yeah, neither one of them played a lick of defense. It was fun as all get out. And watching that whole both of those fan bases pile into downtown because I want to say it was a two thirty or three o'clock kickoff. Yeah, and so they're all piling downtown for the evening. I, I would think Watson that the uh, merchants downtown did well, sold quite a bit of lemonade. <laughs> well, and this being this going to be Friday, right, or Saturday? Saturday. At 11 a.m. Probably big for downtown after the game. And it's an 11 o'clock game, right? Yeah. Isn't that what you told me? What's weird, the Sugar Bowl and the Music City Bowl are up against each other. Yeah. For the first time in my lifetime, what would, first of all, New Year's Day's bowl games are January the 2nd because January the 1st is on Sunday, NFL Day. Can't do that. Normally, it's... Rose Bowl at four o'clock, followed either by the Sugar Bowl or the Orange Bowl. There is no late night game. That's weird. It is very weird. I love watching the first Sugar time Bowl. in my lifetime. It'll have been that way. Yeah. I wonder what the specifics are. Why they had to? You know, I don't know. I, I have no. I, George shocked me with that earlier today. I have no clue why they're not using the nighttime slot. <laughs> That's crazy. It makes well, no sense to me. Here's my theory. With no national title game on the line for a Sugar Bowl or an Orange Bowl, they have struggled in recent years to fill. When Baylor and Georgia played a couple of years ago, they only drew about 55,000 yeah. in, in a facility that holds well over 75. I think the bowls that don't get, you know, that are used to national title implications, when they don't get it now, they really struggle. Yeah. That, yeah, those. Now, the Music City Bowls and the Citrus Bowls and those, no, they don't. But I do think that playoffs have hurt that next level of bowl. I, mm-hmm. I, I think you're right about that, George. I, we all grew up watching the Orange Bowl at night. Yeah, Sugar Bowl was afternoon and, and mine in your early years. But then the Sugar Bowl started playing a lot at night, too. And, and uh, you just never saw the orange or the sugar not full. And now you're right. You do. You do. If they don't have one of the four teams, you you see that. Which is why we need that 12-team playoff to help those bowls. Right. That makes Tennessee a really good draw this year for either one of those bowls because you know they're going to travel. So Yes. And they're still excited about their team. So I I would agree with that. They'll be begging. And and Alabama will travel. Uh, Bryce Young's last game. Yeah. uh, yeah, they'll travel. I think Alabama will, even though they're disappointed, I do think Alabama will travel. So there's two good SEC teams sitting there. After the break, 
we'll have stat of the day, and then Mark McGee will join us. We'll talk about the Preds. Big win. And their victory last night, it was a big win in overtime against Anaheim. So stick around. This is Main Street Media Television. This holiday season, the largest lantern event in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. After sunset, come see more than 1,000 Chinese lanterns. All new designs including mythical beasts, a fantastical North Pole village, even a dragon soaring over your head. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Hit After Hit has become the baseball store in Tennessee. They have over 1,000 different models of gloves and over 1,500 wood bats. They also have several iron mic pitching machines as well as a hit tracks machine. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. We're proud to call Hit After Hit the official shirt provider of the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night. At Sumner Funeral and Cremation, our mission is to serve families as our own, celebrate the life of their loved one, and help begin the healing process. My whole family, including my wife and my mom and siblings, were very happy with the treatment that we received. I would highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation. We offer funeral, burial, cremations, and pre-planning services. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional, affordable, dignified. SumnerFuneral.com When I made the decision to host the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night, Strike and Spare is where I turned. And what a wise decision that turned out to be. They have five locations in our area with family attractions, They're perfect for birthdays, groups and corporate outings, and holiday parties. For more info, it's simple. Go to strikeandspare.com. Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel. Urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace, and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes, and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster.
Welcome back into the George Plaster Show. It's now time for Stat of the Day, brought to you by John English Antique Sports and Cards over in Shelbyville, Tennessee. They specialize in antique and historical sports equipment, games, advertising, and many other sport-related items. They're open Tuesdays through Fridays from noon to 5, and also Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 5 o'clock. You can also see them online at johnenglishgradedcards.com. Don't forget about Eric Berner with Rock Castle Wealth Advisors. Call Eric at 615-490-7052 or visit rockcastlewealth.com for more information. Let's get to today's stat of the day, see what Michael's got. There's only one NFL franchise who has never had a quarterback throw for 30 or more touchdowns in a season. Which franchise is it? Good luck. Are you kidding Struggling quarterback franchises. Watson. Whew. That's that's weirdly specific too. Um, you know, Watson, the first thought that came to mind was Jacksonville. And then I thought about Mark Brunel. Brunel, uh, yeah. Brunel was pretty good, George. Yeah, I wonder I it's got to. Do be, we bring Guy in? Oh yeah, I think so. Let, let's embarrass him as well. <laughs> this is Tennessee sports writer Hall of Famer Mark McGee. You got any thoughts on that question? I was thinking about the Saints. Oh, Breeze. Yeah, but hadn't Breeze? Blown? I, don't know, I mean, that's not about Breeze. Yeah, I was thinking about just the play, the lack of play they've had through the years. Yeah, but Breeze. He had a few good years. Yeah, I don't think it's. Yeah, so probably, probably he would be. Yeah, you're right. So, who in the world is it? I'm just as cool as you guys are with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, who have been the the average offenses through the years? The, the Lions, Giants, except I've the Lions, got. Well, they had that Lions. run and shoot style there for a while. This uh, franchise has never really Sanders had. Was playing. I don't think it's the Lions. What about the Bears? You know what? That's a really good guess because Jim McMahon is the best. They were defensive oriented. Absolutely. Uh, Gee, what do you say? I like the Bears. I'll go with the Bears. The, the Bears. Bears. The, the Bears. Bears. <laughs> nice. What a boy, Watson. We hit one. Well done. Just just popped hey. into your mind, Watson. Pure, pure old guess. That was a hell of a guess. Pull that out of your left ear. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was a little lower than that, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so we cheated and got Gee in here a couple of minutes early. Show his picture, by the way, that you had up there earlier. Oh, the uh yeah. Switching it that's up a little bit. Gee's, got the Hall of Gee's Fame plaque. Hall of yeah, Fame well. Plaque. I'm impressed. Thank you. Yeah, we did this right. Okay, you have something to read before we officially Get to the in here. five o'clock hour. Yes. Talk a little Preds. Middle Tennessee Bone and Joint is the five o'clock hour sponsor. They've got state of the art orthopedic service and a family atmosphere. Whether you've got a sports injury, sprained ankle, major joint replacement, they've got everything you need to take care of it. Their mission is to provide high quality, specialized care in a compassionate manner to the people of Columbia and Middle Tennessee. Visit them on the web at mtbj.net for more information. It was an absolute miracle that they got the arena looking as good as it did last night 
Preds responded with a two to one victory in overtime against Anaheim. Mark McGee joins us for his weekly visit. We probably need to to look at that one again. Yeah, they're going to do a slow mo of it okay. here in a sec. So, Gee, this is something this team needed desperately. Yes. I, I want to think they played better than the two to one score against Anaheim, one of the worst teams in the league. But uh, they did for two periods. The third period, not so much. But the first two periods are pretty strong. Uh, you know, the great overtime uh, goal with Yossi. Uh, so, yeah, they need that win badly. But they've done pretty well of late. So, uh, other than the, the Detroit debacle of the night. So, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it was great to have the arena back in good shape, as good shape as it was. That, that's six months without a game. That was going to be kind of scary, it looked like. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you talk about the millions of dollars that would have been lost. Uh, you know, I, 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 talked to, I talked to Sean Henry last night, and, and the, the point he wanted to emphasize, and we're going to try to have him on here in the next few days, was the amount of support they got from different – pieces of this community to pull this off and get this arena back in shape this quick. He said, there's no city in, in America that would have been like this. Where would they have played if they not been, if it had been off for six months? Or what, what, what option would they have had? Uh, Who knows? I mean, uh, that's a great question. That That's a really good question. How would you like to wake up? They, they found all this out. I believe either Thanksgiving morning or Friday morning. And the way they found it out, Gee, some of the workers who came in, the cooks who prepare for a for an afternoon game, noticed this big problem and contacted the Sean Henrys and the Bill Wicketts. And can you imagine happy Thanksgiving to you? <laughs> God. Not very pleasant. Welcome back to the uh, to the old arena. There, I saw a piece yeah. from Mike Organ that said uh, it could have been six months. Yeah, so we're talking about this to me. Go six months. Yeah. That would have been crazy. Wild. It would have been uh, devastating in in so they, many they, ways. They could have been the Atlanta Predators for a while. Yeah, they, they might have been, and um, you know that might have been their best alternative. Mm -hmm. Mark, what are they right now? I I cannot pinpoint. Um, are they a team on the rise a little bit? Are they a team that's just good enough to maybe limp into the eighth hole or not even good enough to do that? What what are they? Right now, it's hard to really say, but then to December, we're going to know what this team is like. They've got a really rough December schedule. You got the, I think, the Avs twice, the Oilers twice, you got Tampa Bay, you got the top of the division uh, with Dallas uh, and Winnipeg. And then you've got the other divisional teams as well. I think right now they're tied with Minnesota and St. Louis for the fourth spot in the division right now. So that means that December 12th game with St. Louis becomes a huge game for them unless things change a little bit. Uh, so I, I, they're very much a mid-tier team right now. you got offensive players that aren't playing that great. Uh, you got defensive players who aren't playing as strong as – defense is not as strong as they hoped it would be. Uh, one of the Canadian radio stations is hinting that maybe Dante Fabro could be on the uh, uh, Traders block uh, in hopes of maybe finding a better forward uh, for the team. Mark, let's try it this way. For you, who's the biggest disappointment right now? Johansson. 
mean, he's, uh, he's not. I mean, he's, he's dropped down. He's third line now, I think. Um, I think he's one of the bigger disappointments I've seen so far. Uh, Deshane's got some points, but he's not really scoring that many goals. He's got a lot of assists, which I guess is good. He's got his points total is pretty good, but his goal level is not that high right now. So, uh, offensively, you got the, the, the big guys have got to step up and be consistent uh, from that standpoint. So, um, you know, the Yusuf Perenian, who's a, just came up, he's probably been the highest player on the team of late, the last four or five games. And, and he's on the front line. He's on the top line now. At least he was the other night against Detroit. Uh, if I remember last night, if he was on the top line or not. But, uh, you know, so it's hard to really say what, I mean, they've got to, they're getting closer. They've cut down the penalties. I'll give them that. They've cut down the turnovers. I'll give them that. But they're still lacking something. They're getting closer to what John Hines wants. And uh, and John Hines is still tinkering with lines. He does that all the time. I don't know where that's good. I just think that really hurts your consistency from that standpoint. So um, it's going to be to see what he does from that angle. But I believe he's getting closer to, he's getting closer to a roster that he likes and a closer roster that he that he can play with, but you know, right now they've got to, they can't let this they can't let this get away from them. They've been, they've been a little hot of late, uh, so they can't let this uh, they, they can't let this get get away from them right now. So uh, they've got to keep the momentum up. So um, so you know they've got to do it. I think they're five one and one the last five games, last seven games. So they've got to really uh, continue that type of. Uh, well, you know, it won't be hard. it won't be easy. New Jersey tomorrow night, highest maybe the highest team in the NHL. Um, so then the Islanders, uh, the, the after that, and the Islanders are playing well as, uh, also, and so it's going to be you know, that northern trip's not going to be a really nice trip for them. There's going to be a lot of challenges there. So if December goes south, then what? I think you see some some moves made. I think that you know rebuilds a four letter word for hockey. But I think there are a lot of fans. I think there are a lot of, and I've heard this from other people, I think there are a lot of loyal fans who would kind of like to see this team not make the playoffs so that maybe everybody will say, okay, we really need to do a rebuild. We need to tear this team down and start back up. And I think a lot of people are thinking, you know, a lot of people are getting tired of being at number eight, so squeaking into that number eight spot and then losing the first round of the playoffs. That's, that's getting really old right now. And I think that they're looking, you know, fans won't, to go beyond that, and if they have to suffer for a year or two in a rebuild situation, I think right now they're willing to do it. Is it unfair to put this particular piece of this at David Poyle? Obviously, at his age, he wants the opportunity to to not have to go through a gigantic rebuild. I get that. But I would say more than 50% of the season ticket holders that are in there right now believe that's what has to happen. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think a, large, a lot of Wall fans are ready, are ready to see that happen, just, you know, to shake it up a little bit, have a little shock treatment to some extent. Uh, you know, from, about, and you understand, you know, you look at Chicago that's, that's done that, and they've got rid of all their major stars for the most part, and they're rebuilding. And you've got some teams like that, but, you, you know, you don't want to be that way, but you might have to be. It might be a little pain to get back to a level where uh, – you're playing top hockey again, and you're not just limping in that last playoff spot. Winnipeg, look at the Winnipeg turnaround from last year. I mean, they everybody thought they were going to be good last year, and they just couldn't put it together. This year, they put it together. They're, they're battling the stars for the top spot in that division right now, in the Central Division. So, uh, you know, so it can be done. But Nashville's going to have to. 
I mean, I, I see what he's doing, though. He brings in McDonough, brings in uh, Niederreiter, and uh, Niederreiter's been really done a good job so far, but uh, but uh, for, for sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I just think they've got to find some more. They've got, I've been saying from the game, they've got to find some more uh, scoring, uh, and, and, and I thought they may have found it, but they haven't. Uh, they have. I thought they may have, have put something together, but you can't expect those guys to, to, to do what they did last year. You can't expect that two years in a row for most players. It's just not going to happen. Watson, say hello to Gee. Gee, uh, good to see you Monday night, buddy. Yeah, I enjoyed that. George, I got to say something real quick. People don't realize how important you are to this town. <laughs> I knew you were going to laugh when I said that. Where did that come from? Well, I mean, nobody else could draw, draw, draw that crew that you had the other night. Nobody could have done that except you. I mean, that was, that was a huge, impressive lot, list of people, not just because I was on it and watched on it, but it was a it was a really impressive group, and everybody has a good time. Yeah, really had had it. Good time. And so, I mean, but you know a lot of things people don't, think, don't really think about. You, you want the truth on this one, Gee? It's a labor of love. When you see – from three to five o'clock, those kids from the Martha O'Brien Center before you all got there. And next year, I'm going to take that part and go farther with it. That's what Christmas is all about. And that's what I want this event. Not that, not that all of y'all aren't important, but ultimately it's helping those kids because you and I don't know what kind of family situations they've got. Sure. You, you just lost yours. But I know how you felt about your dad who who loved you and cared about you. Some of these kids don't have that. Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's a great work. It really is. Thanks. Now, Watson, Sorry, Watson. <laughs> he, he, the two things I hear about Coach Hines negative is he we're undisciplined in the penalty box, and that seems to have gotten better. And changing the lines all the time. He, he, I've heard this ever since he's been here. He's got. He's got. Why, he, why does he keep doing it? That's the two things I hear. Comment on those. Are people no, right about that? They, they, they are they not being fair to him? Yeah, well, they worked in the penalty situation. He, they've had some. They're, they're probably much better from that standpoint. They're not in the penalty box like they were as much uh, earlier in the season. They've they they've taken care of a lot of that. Hines is notorious for switching lines around and i don't know why he wants to tinker with them like that it's almost like somebody t a baseball manager taking with the base with his lineup batting lineup you know it's just you know you're looking for the right combinations but you don't really give those combinations a chance to to gel they're not going to instantly come together they've got to play together a little bit to know where everybody is on the ice you know what uh, what what people's strengths and weaknesses are. You can't just throw them around from line to line like that at the heat, like he does it. And he, but he's done that since the beginning. He did it. He's always done as the coach. Well, and that, that leads me to my second thing is these six, however many days they had, I mean, this could be a major positive for the team because he ought to have been able to get them together, have some really good practices and work out these line issues and come up with a plan. Just just sit there and go after each other and figure it out, put it together. You don't get breaks like this in the middle of a season. And for them to get this break, I think it could be a major positive if he used it correct and made some good decisions from it. 
Oh, I agree. I agree. Uh, I think that was a great time for it to happen. Uh, you don't want something like that to happen, but I think it was a great time for them to kind of regroup a little bit before they go on this road trip, especially. Like I said, the Anaheim game, they should have – I mean, two to one, yes, the wins, an overtime win, everything looked good. But, I mean, it was against Anaheim, and you, you kind of expected them to maybe be more dominant against the Anaheim Mighty Ducks because they're not – the Ducks are not, are not that good right now. So, um, the Ducks ain't mighty. <laughs> no, ducks are not mighty at all. And so they're just saying I have ducks now. I always want to throw the mighty in there because it's that from the old days. But they yeah. they're just the ducks. <laughs> so <laughs> last thing to me is talk a little bit about the division and how do you think it's gonna fall out and where do we fall in it? If if we just start playing better, where do you see right now that we would fall in this thing? Well, Winnipeg's playing really well, and I mean they're they're one of the top teams now. And they've got a lot of speed. We talked with this before. Winnipeg's one of those teams that utilizes their speed and their skills. Uh, they didn't last year that much. There was something going on last year with the. I don't really know all was going on up there, but but they have really changed everything around this season. Uh, Dallas is going to be strong. So those are your two teams probably, unless Winnipeg just falls apart. Those are the two teams that are going to really be the ones at the top. Then you've got St. Louis, who start out a little slow. But now St. Louis is playing like St. Louis is usually expected to play. You've got Minnesota, the Wild are right there usually from that standpoint. And you've got Nashville. So those three teams are going to going to decide who the next four, who the top four are. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Uh, you know, St. Louis is just a huge game December twelfth. They really need to do well at St. Louis that night. And, you know, they've got uh, several games against division teams in December. Uh, they've got to knock off the Winnipegs and the Dallases along the way. So, um, but and Winnipeg seems to have Nashville's number a lot of, time, a lot of times when they play them. So, uh, and so I don't know how that's going to work out from that angle. But, yeah, I think they're, they're, they're a top five. Maybe they make the, you know, the, the I like George was saying, that they're probably going to squeak into – to the number four spot, you got UC Soros, and anytime you got a good goaltender, a great goaltender, uh, you got a chance to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Last thing, George, to me, uh, Gee, I still just feel as a fan, we we I just feel we look slow. Yeah, they are. Watch us play. I don't. I, when I see other teams play, I don't see the quickness in us like I see some of the other teams. Is that wrong? I have no idea about hockey. No. I don't you're, you're, you're correct. You look at the Colorado Avalanche, you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, you look at Winnipeg Jets even. You look at all those teams, they're fast teams. And Nashville's not a fast team. Yeah, they're just not. They have not, built, they have not built themselves for that. They built themselves to be a physical team, but not necessarily a fast team or a skill team uh, from that standpoint. So, yes, commission to see uh, how they do against the, – the league has changed. Uh, the, 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 they're going after – speed is the big deal now. Speed is the thing. And, you know, it's supposed to be the fastest game in uh, the sports. And, uh, you know, you have, to, you have to be able to skate. And right now, the Nashville does not have that speed. You're right from a fan standpoint. It, it is – you watch them against some of these other teams, You go, it's like they're skating in cement or something sometimes. Gee, really appreciate you taking the time to come on with us. Uh, hope you have a after a couple of weeks. Night. Uh, it was fun. It'd be, uh, we had a good time last night. It was good to uh, run a picture of you and Watson local paper this week. Oh, neat. Really? Uh-huh. I'll just go get in. I sent it this morning. So, <laughs> we'll don't look like it. 
skull and crossbar. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'll send in just to I'll send in hopefully they run. They did last year. They ran a picture of you and me, so maybe Watson won't mess us up. <laughs> three oh, wise well. men. That's what you can put up for Three wise men. Nice. Three, three wise men. In the Christmas spirit, three wise men for sure. Chicago for sure. Bears. Don't forget it. That's right. I, I'm impressed with that now. That was impressive. So, Gee, thank you as always. Oh, thank you, George. Always enjoy it. Thank you. Mark McGee joining us to talk Nashville Predators. And as you all can tell, he is really wired into what goes on with them. After the break, we will tap into Watson's expertise. The school where he was once the head football coach has hired from Nashville. Trent Dilfer is now the head coach of the UAB Blazers. We'll talk about it when we come back on Main Street Media Television. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Barner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. 
If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email eric at rockcastlewealth.com. So as a lot of you know, Trent Dilfer is leaving Lipscomb Academy where he has been incredibly successful to become the new head football coach of the UAB Blazers. Now, nobody knows the UAB stuff better than Watson. And so that's part of the reason that we're going to take a full segment to sort of analyze this. Watson, is it as simple as this? UAB is a program we all know that's not rolling in the dough. Most of the time, a guy on the high school level to break into college has got to do it as an assistant. But was the trade-off here that they could hire Trent for less money than what they could go hire established coaches on the college level. And in return, the victory for him is he doesn't have to go into the assistant coaches pool. Um, it could be that you, you could be right. Um, I'm not privy to the inside, but I know this George, when they made this jump, they've, they spent quite a bit of money building facility, bringing the program back. We fought at the end of my time. Uh, honestly, we had to knock the budget deficit down $1 million a year. And if we didn't, they were going to do away with the program. And so at the end of every year, did we make the million dollar cut? Then we had to do it again the next year. And I think we took it from $11 million deficit to a $7 million deficit. And that's not football. That's athletic department. And so now here they are, they bring it back. They've come up with more money. They spent more money for sure. The facilities are up to par with a lot of people's. Uh, they were paying coaches more. They made the jump. And then all of a sudden here they go to the AAC. They get bumped in next year to the AAC. Now everything bumps up. Now the dollars you're going to have to spend to me might go up a couple of million dollars over what Conference USA was spending within their teams in the league to what the AAC is going to spend. And that's a bump. I don't care what you say. That is a bump. So you could be right about that. Uh, the names that I saw were some pretty established names. Skip Holtz was a name, was really in the mix uh, a lot. Um, that type of coach who's been coaching a long time, and to go this route was a major surprise to me, a major surprise. I'm not saying Trent can't do it at all, but just to go the route, George, when you've never coached in college down, never coached anything but high school. Uh, he was doing that elite quarterback, elite 11 thing, I think, wasn't he? And 
Right. And, uh, and then came back to Nashville and, and started coaching as a high school coach. Done very well at it. Uh, and, but to make this jump is a surprise to me. And uh, uh, can he do it? Sure. I mean, we've, we've seen coaches make the jump and not know the college game. Um, uh, well, who, who just uh, – I mean, Herm Edwards. Herm did it. He was been a pro coach, but he hadn't coached in college. And, I mean, we can pick people that have done this and were successful at it. He may be – I think he's going to have to get good college guys around him early to, to where he learns the rules, George. Yeah, it would be very interesting to see who's on his staff. Yes, I'm, I'm really going to be anxious to see if he hires enough college guys that really know what they're doing. And uh, you'll you'll get that. You can learn that. One plus for him may be that the game is so different right now than it was a few years ago that a lot of the college coaches are trying to learn how to adjust in college football right now. Uh, If I went back tomorrow, I've been out a few years now, and if I went back as a head coach again tomorrow, I would have to do a lot of adjusting myself. And I was for 46 years. And yet it's different. So that may be a plus for him that he's going to have to adjust, but a lot of other people are having to adjust too. The other thing, George, you mentioned about the money, there's also now they're having to hit a lot of their people, business people, everybody for NIL money. Right. When you do that, you're now taken away from foundation money. Or you're, these people can't just give to everything. And so they're trying to come up with enough money to be uh, successful, competitive in an NIL way. And so I think we talk power fives all the time. I really think this, these group of fives are the ones that are going to struggle with this and to find enough dollars to, to keep up, George. And uh, UAB would have to be one of those. So you, you may have called something that might be a, a piece of this. Okay, would we agree that the one thing I think we can say with pretty virtual certainty, he'll be a really good recruiter? I, I see why I don't see why he wouldn't, especially he, with quarterbacks, skill people. Yeah, he, he or, will or walk in with a name because a Super Bowl quarterback, and then he got a lot through that Elite 11 stuff, George. Right. He, he really ran those things, and you, you'd see the tapes of the competition and and all that. Uh, th- there's no way he doesn't get this if he hadn't been ex- successful as he has at Lipscomb. I mean, there's no way he can be a named person. But if you hadn't had some success as a coach, the coaching piece I don't worry about at all. I think a coach can coach. I don't think there's better coaches in the NFL than there are college. And I don't think there's better coaches in college than there are high school. I don't. A coach is a coach. A good coach is a good coach. And and that part won't be the issue. The issue will be the off the field pieces that he's going to have to learn on the fly. And the other thing I saw is the players all signed a, a letter, took to the president and wanted to keep Coach Vincent, the guy that was the interim, really went to bat for him. And yeah. we've lived through a lot here. We don't want change, blah, blah, blah. 
And then to not do that, Trent's going to walk into have to get that under control yeah. immediately. And that's not an easy thing to do. I'm telling you. Watson, he admitted in an interview uh, with uh, Main Street Media and Billy, you got to help me. Who was the writer that, that got uh, him to I think talk? It was, was it Tyler? It was Tyler. Okay. Palmatier, yep. He admitted that he was well aware that he was not the most popular guy among coaches in this area. And I'll just say it. If I were a high school football coach, he wouldn't be on my list popularity-wise either. I don't believe high school football was meant to go in Nashville, Tennessee, to go recruiting kids from California. I think that's a crock. I don't think that's what high school football is meant to be, and yet that's a lot of what he was doing. And I wonder if he got tired of – the animosity that he was feeling between him and coaches in this area. I, I would venture to say that wouldn't be true. I think this is just a goal. I think he's trying to take the next step in what he wants to do. I think his goal all along was, can I get up and be a college coach and then maybe end up back in the NFL again? I, I really don't think that's it. Uh, when Ronnie Carter Got into it with Brentwood Academy, George, as you remember, many, many, many years ago. Sure. These private schools now, that this top level, that these levels he's in, do recruit. And uh, that's what they do. And I, I don't like it myself. I never have liked it. I think that that's not what high school football ought to be. But they're starting to be that in a lot of states now. Tennessee is probably one of the strongest states for private, I call it private school football. Uh, it's called D2, I guess, in Tennessee, isn't it? Isn't that what they call it? Or Yeah. Yep. Uh, but it's private school you're football. You're saying it right. And, and so, you know, I, I'm okay with that, even though I don't like it. Other people that he's played also have to recruit some too. He's done a good job of that. If if it's all been legal, I don't know if it is or it didn't. Uh, I do. I I have heard that he's not the most popular guy in the world. I don't know Trent. Never met him. You have. I wish him the best. I'm a I'm a UAB guy. Uh, we started it there back in the in the 90s, and I was the AD there also. It means a lot to me. There's a there's a lot of great memories and great players and kids sure. come through there. I just want to see it stay successful. I, I wish him the best that he can get it done. I sure don't want to see it fall back off again. Watson, well, let me ask you real quick here. I know we got Brian coming up, but you know he's walking into the college game now. He, he's only been an organized coach of football for four years. If you had a, you know a, one thing to tell him, if you were talking to him on the on the phone tonight, what would that be uh, to to Trent heading into? His the first college. Number job. one thing I would tell him is don't don't uh, leave your backyard. Take care of your backyard first. Recruit the state of Alabama hard. Go to Georgia, Florida, but recruit Alabama hard. We made a living on Alabama kids. We went in and we were able to beat, of course, Alabama and Auburn. We couldn't touch. But then when we get to the other say, folks, you beat? <laughs> when we got to the other folks, Southern Miss, Memphis, Mississippi Boy. State, Ole Miss, Georgia Tech, 
a lot of these people were coming in and getting these kids and we were able to keep a lot of those and our crowds grew. The pride in the state grew. We ended up with Alabama and Auburn fans that became UAB fans. Uh, I would tell him, I thought some of the other coaches later on didn't do that. I think you've got to take care of your backyard first. And I hope he does that. Birmingham's a prideful football city. George and I were state able to. State of go. Alabama is a prideful high school football Ooh. state now. I mean, very, I, very means an awful lot in that state, man. I would put it up against, we always hear about Texas and what it means and Georgia and what it means. I would put Alabama right there with a lot of them. I mean, Watson, we were at an XFL game and the crowd was was huge. I mean, I don't know how many people were there, but that's how that's how. Uh, well, how Billy, it, it's still it's so different. Birmingham, look at the difference now in Birmingham and Nashville. I always said Birmingham was Nashville when I was in school there, or when I in the early '80s when I was the offensive coordinator at Vanderbilt. That's what Birmingham is now. Birmingham and the state of Alabama does not have professional sports. Right. They don't have the professional football. They don't right. have professional baseball. They don't have professional basketball. I'm talking about top line. And right. so it's still a college high school state. I love it. And and so he, he needs to understand that when he goes in and don't walk away from that state and think, well, I'm going to go to California and do this. Or I think that would be a major mistake if he does that. Interesting perspective. Uh, Trent will coach. Lipscomb Academy's title game tomorrow, and then I would assume head on down to Birmingham. Yeah, and George, I think they had a team meeting this afternoon at three yeah. o'clock. So he's having to turn right back around. Oh, he's get back to Nashville, get his team to Chattanooga, and maybe he's meeting them in Chattanooga. I I don't know exactly what's going down. I That's am crazy travel. I am proud to see that he's coaching this game. Yeah, I would have been really disappointed if he hadn't done that. Let's check in with Brian Stewart. Yesterday, it was bowling. Today, <laughs> real estate. Let's hear it. Hey, George Watson, Billy, how's everybody doing? Doing good, man. Good, good to see yeah, you, Brian. Hey, uh, Watson, I couldn't agree more with you. Got to control your own state when you're recruiting. Um, I, I think yeah. Saban has done a great job of that, and and maybe I'm a little biased being a Alabama. Oh, he has. Guy, but, he has 100, yeah. Brian. I mean, that's that's what it all started with him. When he got to Alabama, he said, I am not going to let Auburn, Troy, UAB, anybody beat me out in Alabama. And he locked that state down. And now he's branched out to all these different states across the country and bringing in like Bryce Young and everybody, Najee Harris, when he brought Najee in. That was a huge surprise uh, when they brought him from California. So, you know, that's it all starts in the backyard. I think that's where – I was talking to some Vol friends of mine, and I told them, I said, that is what I see Josh Heupel doing, is he is bringing in talent from Tennessee and not letting to those Tennessee players go to Alabama or Kentucky or wherever else. They're staying in Tennessee and playing for the, the Big Orange up there. Brian, give us uh, – give we haven't talked – we have not talked your business in a while. What's going on? <laughs> hey, my business is uh, is doing great. Um, one thing I'm super excited about, I wish I had some pictures for you, and I may have some later <laughs> on this week for you, but we got the auction trailer uh, labeled up. Uh, everything is going great with that. We have our second auction coming up this Saturday. It is at uh, 650 Forest Retreat Road here in Hendersonville. 
It is a 2,800 square foot home on two and a half acres, has an in-ground pool, uh, detached garage. I mean, this thing is a beautiful home and we're auctioning it because the people are just needing to go. They needed to make something happen pretty quick. So the, the auction starts Saturday at 11. If you're interested, please get a hold of us here at the office, 615-822-0750. Barry Huber is our auctioneer. He's the one that's going to talk to you, to help you get signed up, get registered to come out there and bid on this wonderful home. Wow. Now there's some info right there. That's some good George, info. Can I ask one real quick? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, Watson. Brian, what what's interest rates done to everything uh, with these quick jumps in them? They settled in a little bit. How do you all handle that? What's it done? to? Is it not prices down any? What has the interest rate done to the business with it shooting up a little here? It's a great question. I mean, there's that, that's a question that I'm asked every day that I literally talk about every day. I don't care if the market's great or if it's slow. Everybody wants to know about the interest rate because naturally that's what affects your payment on a, on a house. So yeah. interest rates have bounced around. And, you know, to that point, they were up in the sevens, the low sevens. Now they're back down in the low three or the low sixes, not the low threes. I apologize. The low sixes. <laughs> so, you know, we have seen some fluctuation in this market and everything with the interest rates. But people can look around and see that that you still there's still a necessity for a home. So when you put pen to paper and you compare apples to apples, yes, a 6% or a 7% interest rate in some cases is still higher naturally, of course, than a four or five. But if you put the pen to paper and you compare those numbers of what that difference is on the payment over the course of a 30-year loan, which is what most people are getting is a 30-year loan because you do get a better interest rate on that. If you look at those numbers, we looked at it the other day and it literally was like a $100, $200 difference. Now, a $100, $200 difference for a lot of people can make a, a big difference on what their comfort level is on a payment. But whenever you think about it in the long term of things, if you have a 30-year note, you can go back a year after that or even less than that, honestly, as soon as that interest rate drops and you can refinance and get that lower interest rate. So it's not like you're locked in for you to re un, be able to refinance in 30 years. You can do that at any point. So if that interest rate drops down to four and a half or four or whatever that may be, you can refinance and lock that in for the rest of your loan. So people are, are naturally scared to death because the media, uh, social media, everything just wants to say, oh my gosh, it's at seven, you can't buy a house. Well, that's not true. Because just like you said, Watson, whenever you have one side of the scales tip, the other side of the scales goes as well. So yep. these prices on these homes have fell. They've lowered down. Sellers are offering more incentives. Uh, you're getting closing costs paid for. You're getting buy down points, et cetera. So there's a lot of good things to be had whenever you go and buy a home right now. It's not all about the interest rate. There's a lot of factors that go into buying a home. And that's what we're here for, Watson. You know what we're talking about? This is what I want to talk to all these people listening out there. I want to talk real estate with you. I want to let you know it's not all doom and gloom. The sky is not falling. You can yeah. still go buy a home and get a great deal. And if you don't like the interest rate, refinance later on. I have plenty of great lenders to hook you up with. Thanks, okay. Brian. Good stuff, Brian. We'll do it again tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it, guys. Y'all have a great day. Stay Thanks, tuned. Brian. Plaster bed of the day.
in a one-game winning streak is coming up next. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor-trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad I couldn't work for almost a year, I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor-trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor-trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonnellyTimmons.com. After Hit has become the baseball store in Tennessee. They have over 1,000 different models of gloves and over 1,500 wood bats. They also have several iron mic pitching machines as well as a hit tracks machine. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. We're proud to call Hit After Hit the official shirt provider of the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night. When I made the decision to host the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night, Strike and Spare is where I turned. And what a wise decision that turned out to be. They have five locations in our area with family attractions. They're perfect for birthdays groups and corporate outings, and holiday parties. For more info, it's simple. Go to strikeandspare.com. This holiday season, the largest lantern event in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. See more than 1,000 Chinese lanterns. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Serving Williamson and surrounding counties, Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care with 16 sub-specialized physicians. Our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch. We offer physician clinics, physical and occupational therapy, advanced imaging, and surgical services, including interventional procedures. Call us at 615-791-2630. We're Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee. High-tech care with a hometown touch. Welcome back into the George Plaster Show. It's now time for Plaster's Bet of the Day, brought to you by Bart Durham Injury Law. Since 1975, they've aggressively protected the rights of a broad range of victims of car accidents and personal injury in both Tennessee and Kentucky. If you, too, have seen your life interrupted by an injury on a highway, in a hospital, at at your workplace, or on unsafe property, let their attorneys do the work fighting for the full financial compensation that you need. Learn more about Bart Durham Injury Law by logging on to bartdurham.com. 
All right, let's check out what George uh, did last night in the betting world as we pull up his results. And Clemson got a win last night, George. Yeah, they had to go to double overtime to do it. Did they really? They sure did. It was a heck of a game, although I didn't see any of it. That was at the Preds game. But uh, they won in double OT. It was like 104 to 97. <laughs> so there's my record. What's that percentage? 50.03 something. 50.3. We got to get 51. 52. Uh, look, don't. Look. Baby hey, steps. Hey, easy, Billy. He's above 500. Let's don't yeah. go nuts. There are a lot of these people, if they are honest. Let's not go nuts. Are not. So tonight, I've got one that's really interesting. Let's what do you look got? at it. Well, why don't you show it? <laughs> I'm taking DePaul. This is one of DePaul's better teams. Uh, I, hold on, Watson. You're shaking your head. Samford has had a huge uptick. Martin Newton had to fire a former University of Kentucky Rick Patino guy in Scott Paget several years ago, and he hired out of the Birmingham area a high school coach, Bucky McMillan, Bucky, no, yeah. Bucky. I, I, I figured Bucky. you knew. Bucky and my son played against each other in basketball. And Bucky, Bucky was is, a good basketball player at Mountain Brook High School. Right. And Bucky has uh, turned Sanford around. Good for and, him. Uh, that game, I think, is in Chicago. And uh, George, just, you, you said Martin Newton. Is yes, there any relation? CM's to- son. Really? CM's yeah. son. Okay. My former. Yet another of my former color analysts <laughs> who have, once they've gotten the hell away from me, have gone on to bigger and better things. Watson, oh, I think it bodes well for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know that was coming. Oh, I'm not even touching that one. Just I thought he was going to go to me. I'm going to let oh. that one fly right over the top of me. That's, but, that's, I mean, it, 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 George, that's Similar. tough now. I mean, people look at that one, that's saying, boy, he's really going out on a limb tonight. <laughs> but I'm telling you, Samford is the real deal, and there's well, a reason we'll Vegas has that line at four. They know something. Bucky. Come on, Bucky. No, so you're not. taking Samford? No, I'm taking DePaul. A lot oh, of respect okay. for no. Samford, but you're yeah. picking DePaul. Well, I mean, you're sitting here telling me how good Samford is. Why aren't you taking Samford? Well, all I'm saying is that Vegas knows what I know. That's which why is, the line is that if, way. If this had been two years ago, it would have been way into double digits. It would have been probably close to 20. Well, yeah. and DePaul now hadn't been just top of the line. No, here. but this is one of DePaul's better teams in a is while. It? It's about okay. dead gum time. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, you check it out. Watson, (laughs) you try to behave until tomorrow. I will do my absolute best to do that, George, and I'll be on the front row waiting for you tomorrow. Guess what we're going to do tomorrow? Oh, I can't wait. Yes. I can't either. Yeah, you you won again on one of my picks. There were two winners uh, last week. The big one, though. I mean, seriously now. Darren. Darren taking Michigan. Good yes. for that. Mm. Yeah. That might be the best pick of the year right there. I'm looking up at Darren. How many yes, times ha- How many times has Darren called you this week, George? He has not. Uh, we ran into each other at the bowling deal, and I didn't want to hear it. <laughs> uh, so I, he never went there. 
and he'll and, he'll, uh, he'll be ready tomorrow. Yeah, he he. <laughs> After last week, yes, he will. <laughs> We're out of here. Thank goodness. <laughs> we got to regroup tomorrow for the onslaught. We'll also talk with Belmont basketball coach Casey Alexander tomorrow. Belmont uh, plays its first Missouri Valley Conference League game tomorrow night. Valpo at the Curb Event Center. A lot going on there. See you tomorrow. Go to Paul. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.